Welcome to day 351 of Shaped by the Word, Drama of Scripture, which is our second season. And of course, we come to a very interesting place in the drama. Uh, we come to the book of Revelation. And Revelation is interesting because uh, there are so many different ways to read Revelation. There are so many interesting symbols and numbers in Revelation. And of course, there are a lot of different approaches uh, you know, to the book of Revelation. Uh, probably the first question we ought to ask when we come to the book of Revelation is exactly, you know, what is it? It is the, you know, single New Testament book that from the beginning to end is devoted to prophecy. And, of course, that's the way we're introduced to it, you know, as a work of prophecy in the, uh, the opening verses. But it also has the character of an epistle. In other words, it's a letter that uh, John is writing to the churches to encourage the churches. And... Uh, Although both of those kind of explain, you know, what it is, uh, there there's another kind of genre that's in behind it. It's apocalyptic, which means it's a style of you know prophecy that is highly symbolic, uh, that it focuses on heavenly realities that have a bearing on uh, what we're experiencing here on Earth, and so Revelation has you know all of those mixed together, and it's unique. In that, so you have some apocalypse in Isaiah, some in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. you know, some in Daniel. Uh, but none like you have here. And, and of course, there were a lot of Jewish writers contemporary with John writing apocalypses, uh, but that they're different in character, you know, than the one that uh, we have here. Uh, there's also, you know, three or four ways, you know, to uh, read this. Uh, you know, some read it as a futurist, you know, kind of approach where they see it as, uh, you know, something, um, everything in you know, Revelation after the first three chapters and in the introduction of the churches. Uh, is in the future and talking about future events. Uh, there's another group that are called preterists, and they see most of it as, as something that is already taking place in their day. So it, it is historical, but it's describing events around uh, either the persecution under Nero or the persecution under, under Domitian. Uh, then there are some who are idealists. They don't really see it as tied to history in any way, but describes the great struggle of God uh, against uh, Satan, you know, throughout the history of the church. So there are ways that in every age we can see some of these symbols, you know, being realized, you know, in front of us. And, uh, of course, there are some who see all of those. And, and that's really the way I read it. I see a lot of future in it. I see a lot of uh, the immediate, you know, presence of the persecution that the churches were experiencing in it. And, and I see a lot of images that can be applied, you know, in, in every age. And then, of course, we have you know the big, uh, you know, millennial question, uh, which is you know you know just a small section at the end of of Revelation that talks about the thousand year reign. So you have premillennial, where Christ will return and reign on earth for a thousand years, and then usher in the eternal age. You have postmillennial after the millennium. You know, Christ will return and usher in the eternal age or the new heaven and, and the new earth. Uh, and so you have a millennial, which is kind of a, a you know a view that captures the present, you know the time, uh, you know from Revelation all the way to about you know chapter twenty, uh, you know twenty one and twenty two as as the church age, what we are symbolically living in a thousand years, in a kind of reign. So whether we read from any of those views or whether we emphasize any of those or not, uh, Revelation was written to encourage the saints mm-hmm. who are undergoing persecution and is a deep encouragement to us. It introduces us to the beauty of Christ and to calls us to persevere 
you know, in our face. So I don't even know if I've left time for us to read uh, the first chapter <laughs> of Revelation. Uh, yeah, thankfully the uh, uh, chapters in Revelation are kind of short. So let's uh, <laughs> let's begin with Revelation chapter one. Uh, before we do, we're not reading just to satisfy our curiosity about who the Antichrist is or how these events are being fulfilled in the Wall Street Journal of the New York Times, but uh, to see Christ, uh, to see the hope that he has given us, and to live in that hope. So as always, uh, we offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord as we read his scripture. So, uh, Katie, do you mind doing that for us? Not at all. Father, thank you for this book um, that we are about to begin together. Thank you that you are such a gracious God that you have chosen to um, just give us a glimpse of of what um, you plan to do as you restore all things, all creation. Um, Thank you for how that affects how we live right now, um, the hope that it gives us, and... um, you are just so gracious to give us that. So would you be with us as we read together? And would your spirit um, continue to sanctify and transform our hearts um, as we are continually convicted by these words? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 1, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the provinces of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, a firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples on the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, he who is, and he who was, and he who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on the scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. There on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining with all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now, look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death in Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. 
seven stars of the angels, the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So there is our introduction, you know, to the book of Revelation. And of course, in the middle of all the mystery, there's some beautiful descriptions of who Christ is and what he has done. And of course, that's where we ought to keep our eyes. We read the book and be encouraged, you know, by his presence. I'm just struck by the eternal nature of God over and over in this one chapter. I think at least three times he's referred to as the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. And then he calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. And then who was, is, is to come. And later on, um, Jesus says something very similar. So it's just such a reminder of like his eternal nature. He is God and he has been and will be forever. And it's just such a beautiful reminder. And that'll be a pattern you're going to find out, you know, through Revelation that uh, God will be described in in one way and the very same language will then immediately be applied to the person of Christ. And uh, we're going to end this week, you know, with chapters four and five. And one describes God on the throne as creator and the lamb on the throne as a sovereign redeemer. And so it's brought together in this beautiful uh, in a tie of the work of the Father and the Son mm-hmm. and, and the Spirit. And, of course, that's one of the interesting things in, in this book, you know, Matt, uh, is uh, we keep seeing the seven spirits, and we've been taught that there was one spirit and the Godhead is a trinity. So what do you make of the seven spirits? I think Here I am paying, playing spirit, Katie yeah. Kresge and asking questions. I mean, <laughs> part of that is what you were talking about at the beginning of when we read Revelation. Sometimes we want to read it so literally that we look past symbolisms and images and and the use of the Old Testament time and time and time again. I mean, that's one of the other aspects right. of Revelation as we're reading it is, man, we we should be reading this with the Old Testament in view. You know, when just when we think we got Revelation, we should go back and read the entire Old Testament and then read Revelation again. And we'll just see all these images and things taken together. And, you know, so the seven, seven tends to be a number time and time again in Scripture that's for completeness, you know. And, and so here we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, you know, that he is the complete spirit of God. Um, and so we'll see, you know, that those numbers, we'll see sevens, we'll see sixes, an incomplete number. Um, you know, so numerology, it's, it's everywhere. But uh, I, I love, you know, in, in this opening chapter, um, you mentioned at the beginning that Revelation at times we can read it and it's a scary book for us or it's a confusing book. But this was a book of hope, a book, uh, you know, a book that brought comfort and blessing. It's blessed mm-hmm. are those who hear this, you know, this the words of this prophecy and obey it, take it to heart. And so this book's meant to encourage us, to remind us of the, the glory of Christ, to remind us of his sovereignty. And, and I love, um, I mean, his greeting and, and doxology you know, grace and peace to you from the one who is and was and is to come from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, you know, and he is the one who has freed us uh, from our sins by his blood. And he's made us a kingdom and priest to, you know, to serve his God and father. And then it just bursts into worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, he is coming with the clouds, which takes us back to, I saw one like a son, son of, of man, man. Uh, takes us back to Daniel seven and the vision of the son of man, given a kingdom that is, is forever coming into the clouds to the ancient of days, and it's an image. Uh, when we read the Gospels, you know, Jesus often referred to himself as a son of man, which uh, is uh, both his kinship, you know, with us that he uh, looks like like us. He mm-hmm. has, uh, has taken on you know our nature and our character, uh, but it is also uh, you know a vision of the sovereign power and the sovereign grace that God has given him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through that. 
and then you have you know the you know the, the sevenfold you know spirit there is the you know the the bigness of the ministry of the holy spirit and the completeness of the ministry of the holy spirit a lot of times uh, you know we go back you know to the gospel of john when uh ever you know john you know jesus said i'm, I'm not going to leave you as orphans i will send you another helper uh you know one who is like me and, and i myself will be with you and, and so when you go to isaiah the spirit is described as the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding the spirit of counsel the spirit of might and, and so that's what you get and, and when you read this you probably ought to read sevenfold you know kind of mm-hmm. you know kind of spirit you know and, and all of that uh, but it is Written and, and and we'll see this as we go through this and we're about to read you know letters written to the churches and we can probably identify in many ways with each one of the mm-hmm. churches as we read it and what it is meant to do is to elevate us beyond our circumstances and set our eyes uh, you know on Christ mm-hmm. which is you know what Paul called us to do since you've been raised with Christ set your hearts and minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and we're beginning. Do you get that picture, uh, you know, here in the book of Revelation of, of, of the Son of Man, sit at the right hand of the Father where he reigns? And, of course, when we get to chapters 4 and 5 at the end of the week, uh, you're, you're going to see it in a beautiful, you know, glorious kind of way. Mm. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you that uh, you are the one who was and the one who is and the one uh, who is to come. Uh, we thank you so much for... Uh, the beauty of what you have done for us, you know, in the work and the person of Christ. Uh, we thank you that he is the one who has loved us and freed us from our sin uh, by his blood. And uh, whether our circumstances are joyful or our circumstances are grim, may we, Father, be people who uh, look beyond our circumstances and see the greater the reality of your sovereign work in our lives. Uh, in both good times and bad times, as you build into our lives uh, for the sake of your Son. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.